the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. Politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I am Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team defeated the Oakland Golden Grizzlies 81-71 in overtime this past Sunday. Michigan was able to overcome an uncharacteristic 20 turnovers that led to 15 points for Oakland. Wolverine senior Isaiah Livers led all scorers with 22 points on eight successful shots, five of which came behind the three-point line, and he played an excellent defensive game thanks to his four blocks. Livers' freshman teammate Hunter Dickinson added 19 points after making six field goals and seven free throws. Michigan outscored Oakland by 20 in the paint, 11 on second-chance opportunities, 9 on the fast break, and 25 in bench points. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Thank you, Derek. And the only way this nation will have a Moment of Clarity is through the Lord Jesus Christ. So... With that in mind, we are going to continue over our conversation that uh, came from Ed's show, uh, Your American Heritage, and um, had something else planned. But the the fellowship of these brothers just moved my heart so much that I thought I had to continue. Um, they are all just wonderful men of God. And I want to just continue our conversation on important subjects and how the church is involved on that. But because... Uh, there are so many of us sitting here on my Zoom screen or my uh, Skype screen. Uh, I don't want to miss anyone. We have someone that are on the phone. So, Ed, why don't you introduce our guest? And, and as you introduce them, each one of you, just uh, say hello. Tell us what church you're with. Well, first off, on the phone is Pastor Patrick Steele. Patrick? No, he hung up. Who hung up. Okay. And so... Pastor Pat of Ignite Church in Milan, he uh, he prayed with us earlier. And then we have Pastor Jeff Noble. Hello, everyone. Uh, Pastor Jeff Noble from Four Winds Church. We meet at the Marquee Theater in downtown Northville. It's a new church start. And then we have Pastor Jeff Jones. Yeah, uh, I'm out of Taylor, Michigan at God's Family Room. We recently changed our name. And uh, so, so blessed to to uh, step forward in leadership. And we have Neil Mammon of, um, well, Neil, you got so much stuff going on. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of San Jose, California. I'm actually uh, the executive vice president of the biblical alternative to Black Lives Matters. It's called Every Black Life Matters, a pro-life anti-Marxist response. Uh, I'm also the president of the Values Advocacy Council, which is an organization out here in California. And we're actually going to go to uh, court on Tuesday to defend our pastor from being shut down and censored by the state for being open. Amen. Amen. Then we have uh, Pastor Richard D. D. Dietering. Hey, uh, they know who I am. We can go <laughs> keep going. 
Pastor Matt LaFave. Hello, Matt LaFave, Calvary Baptist Church in Whitmore Lake, Michigan. Thank you, sir. And Pastor Matt Postiff. And I haven't mispronounced anybody's names yet, so that's good. Pastor Matt. Just my- <laughs> Perfect, Ed. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes folks get my name uh, mixed up a little bit. Matt Postiff, Fellowship Bible Church in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, we're at fbcaa.org, and I write a blog at postiff.com. People can find it there, do uh, theology and current events, political issues uh, sometimes as well. Also working with Gospel Mission of South America. Um, I'm a president of the U.S. board for that organization. But uh, good to be here with you guys today. Thanks for the invite. Okay, may I back up a second? Neil, pronounce your last name, please. Mommin. Mommin, doggone it. Yeah, somebody told me I was getting that wrong. Sorry about that. I think you just <laughs> did too, for that matter. So uh, this is the spirit that counts. And if I might, a little bit more, Rick, the, uh, the podcasts... Uh, of both your show and my show and uh, Avalicious Roundtable are to be found on the podcast page at whamradio.com. So you go to whamradio.com, look under the tab podcast, you'll see a link and you can find the po- find the links to these podcasts if there's any information on here that you want to retrieve that you forgot to write down when we gave it all out. Very good. Now, I also want to introduce, other than all of our fine pastors, that you did a great job introducing, Ed, uh, my two co-hosts. And Ed's one of them. You've been hearing him talk. He'll get a chance to talk some more here. And uh, Phil Starger, how are you doing, Phil? Well, Phil, Phil's screen is there, but he's not in front of us. So uh, we're going to just assume that uh, maybe we missed the rapture. <laughs> no, not that. Maybe Phil just yeah. left. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, folks, I, uh, gentlemen, I want to say it, it, it was such a pleasure to um, hear you, folks. I've been trying to decide since I invited you on a way that we could all encourage people. There's been a lot of discouragement in our nation and our state over the time. Um, there's been a few shows where even my mother-in-law said, I want to be uplifted. I don't want to be discouraged. And she turns off shows if it starts going in that way. So we, we spent pretty much all last hour on Ed's show praying. And thank you very much. And we need to continue those prayers, uh, everyone, for this nation. I'm going to give you, as we go in now, we're going into the celebration of the ad, first advent of Christ. That We celebrate the Christmas, Christmas spirit. Um, why don't we just go around the table? I will, uh, Ed, I'll let you call them out. I just want you each to give our listeners just uh, a word of encouragement. Can you do that? Yeah, we can do that. I think Sean Todd disappeared. So let's move on to uh, uh, Pastor Jeff Noble, Four Winds Church. Thank you, Ed, and thank you, Rick. Appreciate it so much being on the show. Uh, I I guess my word is, again, very simple. Uh, He is risen. He is risen indeed. We oftentimes just use that around the time of Easter, but we know that the first advent here at Christmas time is simply uh, uh, preparing us and moving us toward the second advent, uh, his return. Uh, Tomorrow we're going to be sharing out of uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 5, about how that Christ would be filled with all of the uh, the things of the Holy Spirit. But when he comes back that second time, beginning there in verse 4, uh, he's going to come back uh, to judge, and uh, he's going to do it with righteousness 
and so I, I'm excited about the time that we have right now. I'm excited about what's going on because we're seeing more and more people come back to uh, the church. The whole reason we started Four Winds was not only to evangelize the lost person, but to reestablish uh, the that missing church member. If you read Isaiah chapter thir- Isaiah, I'm sorry, Ezekiel 37 verses nine and ten, it talks about those valley of dry bones. These were all part of the part of the army. They were part of the military. And then they died and they laid there until the breath of God breathed life into them and raised up that new army. That's where we got the four winds from. And so uh, we're just excited to see what God is doing because he is raising up uh, passionate, hungry individuals that no longer want to have their ears tickled. They want to hear the word of God. They want to know what God says. I tell them, don't take my word for it. Read it yourself. And uh, it's an exciting time to be alive and be a part of the Christian church. So I, I'm thrilled, man, about what God's doing right now in and around our, our communities, our, our, uh, the region and the nation, and of course, the world. Excellent. Excellent. That was Pastor Jeff Jeff Noble. And then there's Pastor Jeff Jones of God's Family Room in Taylor. Well, hey, thanks, Ed, again uh, for the invite here. I, I just wrote something on Facebook, and I just thought I'd share that. You said something encouraging. I hope this is encouraging. I, I felt it was when I was inspired to write it, but I wrote, live free or die. To not live is death. Anyway, you look at it. When God said, the day you eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt surely die, the devil told him that uh, you won't surely die. But death is just the absence of relationship. If you believe in the eternals, you never surely die. You pass from death into life, according to the word. So our separation is either eternal or not, or forever or not. So sometimes we speak and we say our feet are killing us, or the headache, my headache's killing me, so... Probably eventually it will because we declare, declare it so. So some die in our minds, some die in our flesh, some die in our dreams, and yet some die in our fears. But yet many, too many, die in our words. Break the pangs of death today and go celebrate living some way. Go do something that defies your limits, but is a conscious choice of living. Dare to call a friend, visit a family member, Prepare a meal for someone, buy someone's groceries, coffee, or the meal behind you at the drive-thru. Leave a $20 tip for a $10 meal. Break your limits today. Defy everything you have ever been lied to about truly living. Amen. Thank you. You know, that kind of reminds me of, I was, I know a guy who was in a line at Myers uh, buying his groceries and the young lady ahead of him had a kid and she started giving stuff back to the to the cashier. And uh, my friend asked, well, why, why are you giving that stuff back? He said, I can't afford it. You know, and so the guy just says, you know, put it in your cart and put it on my bill. And, and that was Christmas time. And that got talked about all the cash register people were, were talking about that to each other, about how that was done. And that gave glory to God. Just that one, it cost that guy a couple bucks, you know, but yeah. it just brings glory to God. Neil Mammon, Neil Mammon, you're next, butter. Well, I want to encourage everybody because uh, we, uh, I used to, when I first came to the States, I listened to a guy named Zig Ziglar, and he talks about, he was a motivational speaker, great guy, man of God, Uh, you know, not the positive salvation message, but the positive thinking message and the salvation message separately. 
uh, both great things. And so he talked about a flea trainer. He says if you take a bunch of fleas and you put them in a in a cup and you put a, a saran wrap over it and poke holes in it, the fleas start jumping, trying to get out. But eventually they realize they can't get out and they keep jumping, but they never jump as high. And you can actually take the saran wrap off and the fleas will never leave the cup because they think that's as high as they can go. And I think that's what we ha has happened to the Christians in this nation. We've been trying and trying and trying and we've been programmed to think that we are losing the battle and there's so few of us that we can never win. But here's something that we should remember. If I were to say that uh, only 17% of the nation attends church and a woman in New York is more likely to be pregnant out of wedlock than to attend a church, what decade would you think I was talking about? And most people think 1980s, 1990s, 2000 to 2020. Uh, the decade was 1776, mm. when the greatest constitution, not the constitution, well, that decade, the greatest constitution was written in, uh, in the, uh, a few years later. But that was the, the situation there. In fact, there are more Christians today, and I mean people who attend church, because that was the, the, um, the statistic there, there are no more people who attend church today than even attended church when the Republican Party was formed to fight slavery and stop slavery. There are more Christians who attend church and say that they pray every day than ever before in the history of America, except probably in the 50s. Now. Here's the, reason, here's the reason I bring that up. We are not losing this battle. The problem is that the media and the people have told us that we're a minority, Amen. have told us that we are unable to win this battle. And right. if we just stand up and say, we are there, we are here, and we're not going to take it anymore, things will change. And if we don't do that, things will get worse for us. Amen. Amen. Excellent. Amen. Pastor Lefebvre, Matt Lefebvre of Calvary Baptist Church. Well, th thank you, Ed. Thank you, Rick, for carrying over from Ed's show, giving us this opportunity. And I appreciate uh, all that we've already heard this morning, all the preachers and others that have joined us by way of prayer. It's good to meet some other believers who are standing in the gap in these days. Uh, I was just reminded, and I appreciate all the things that have already been said. You know, we could just say amen and echo all of that. But um, I was thinking, you know, it is obviously we're celebrating the, the Christmas season, the birth of Christ. And, you know, we could get into a big theological debate on whether or not he was born this month and all that. But the fact is, it is a time when we think about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thankful for that. And even in the midst of all that's going on, um, you know, yesterday I, I went to a few stores with my with my wife and I don't go out much these days for you know, the reasons we all understand. But um, I was in a store, a couple of stores, and at least even in these troublesome times, they were playing Christmas music and we could hear Christ and uh, songs about him even on the radio. And maybe that would bring a, a word of encouragement. So there's a positive side uh, to the Christmas season. Of course, we know the reasons why Christ came and, uh, and the virgin birth, and we're thankful for that. And he did come, uh, as we know, to give his life a ransom for many. And that's why we're able to do what we're able to do today. And I'm thankful for that. But I was also, just for word of encouragement, I was reminded recently in the Thanksgiving season, I think it carries over well uh, even today, it was the Apostle Paul in Acts 27. He's on that ship and he's headed for Rome and, and uh, it's not a good situation in the middle of that storm. But he makes some statements there that really jumped out at me because he said, when neither sun nor stars uh, had appeared for many days, then all hope that we 
should be saved was then taken away. And uh, I'm reminded of the great Apostle Paul, and you know, we believe that uh, Luke was possibly with him there, and, uh, and of course we have so many other people there on the ship. We know other prisoners on the ship and the guards and, and, uh, and the shipmaster and so on. He, he even includes himself when he said we. He said the storm was so bad, we didn't see the moon before there was good you know, representation we could make there of those things. But he said it was so dark and the storm was so bad. He said we all lost hope. I think he includes himself in that statement. But then he says this, um, he said, now I exhort you to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life. And then he says, for there stood by me this night, the angel of God, whom, whose I am and whom I serve. Oh, I like that. No matter what was going on, Paul knew what he needed to do. And he went to the Lord and he gave thanks. And, uh, and you would find that later on in that same story, that even in the midst of that storm, he, he tells those fellows, it's been 14 days since you've eaten something. He said, take some bread, let's not be a fear. And he goes back to that statement because there stood by me this night, the angel of the Lord, and I belong to God. And I'm glad that no matter how dark it gets, and sometimes we may, you know, lose hope <laughs> that this is going to be over. I'm glad that I am the Lord's and he is mine as well. And we can just take confidence in that fact that um, that we have him and he has us and he has us right where he wants us. I, I'm glad for that fact because it's the same Amen. God that Paul had, it's the same God that I have, and nothing has changed in uh, in these few thousand years. And I'm glad for that. That's a Amen. that's a that's a good encouragement to my heart. Amen. Amen. You were speaking Preach, of a ship in a storm. You were thinking of speaking of a ship in a storm and giving Thanksgiving. And earlier when you were praying, I was reminded you had mentioned the Mayflower, and I was reminded that. Uh, you know, the Mayflower, uh, the the Puritans, uh, the Christians, the pilgrims that came over on the Mayflower, they were a bunch of communists. But they sorted that out in a few years. So <laughs> so there's hope. There's always yeah, hope in hope. Jesus, you know. <laughs> well, well, it ended up like every other communist experience. They started to starve and die, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they, and they learned because they were smart. They were Christians. So... Uh, Let's see. You know, then that leaves us with uh, P Pastor Postiff, not less, not least, but not uh, whatever. Yeah, well, last but not least. <laughs> last but not least. Yeah. Fellowship Very well, of Ann Arbor. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Ed. Yeah. Um, let me share just a couple of thoughts with uh, with our church. A couple weeks ago, I sensed the need to just have a message that I just entitled "A Word of Encouragement," and the approach that I took with that message was to share. Uh, a little bit just to remind our church about what God is doing in our nation and in our lives with the difficulties that we're facing, whether it's the pandemic or the election chaos or just things in our own lives that are troubling us. And I, I had a list of a number of those things, uh, 13 of them, actually. I won't go through all of them now because I'll blow the whole time. Um, and that's the problem when you have a bunch of pastors getting together. You, you could uh, lose your time very quickly. But... Um, let me just share with you a couple of them. First of all, God is teaching us more about himself in these things that are happening in the world. He's teaching us that he's sovereign, that he administers his universe as he sees fit, uh, not as we see fit. Um, we might do things a little differently than we see them happening. Just like he taught Job. You remember poor Job had a lot of problems, but by the end of the book, he realized that he was 
he was dealing with a God who was a little different than he had thought. And uh, Job thought, uh, you know, he learned, he grew, and he uh, learned about God's sovereign administration of his affairs in the universe. In fact, another passage that talks about that is uh, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, where the scripture says, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So God does all of his will, and he's doing that with us. Secondly, uh, he's using these circumstances to guide us to trust God more. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 9, in that passage, Paul says, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. We were facing some deadly situation, and... God did that so that we would learn to trust in God who raises the dead instead of trusting in ourselves. So whatever happens, God is pointing our trust to toward him instead of toward ourselves, toward science, education, uh, medicine, all those sorts of things. Ultimately, our trust is in God. It's not in military. It's not in government. It's not in power or might, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then uh, I'll mention one more. He is uh, using these circumstances that we face to equip us to comfort others. Second uh, Corinthians chapter one also, uh, he tells the Corinthians that God has brought these difficulties into our lives and given us divine comfort so that we may be able to share that same comfort with those who are troubled in like manner as we were. So we may, we're facing a lot of difficult things, but these things are causing us to know more about God, trust more in God, and be able to comfort others uh, with those uh, things that we've learned from God. There's much more that God is doing, but that's just a selection that was an encouragement to our folks and uh, to me as I studied and prepared that that message and of which I've just shared a part with you. So. May, may that encourage our listeners uh, today that even if things don't turn out the way that they want, uh, the way that they hope, that God is still, uh, he's still in business and he's still working with, uh, with us. So Amen. we thank him for that. Yeah. Amen. First of all, I think getting a bunch of pastors together for two hours to, to discuss things in itself is encouraging. <laughs> I, 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 I want to share with you uh, a little point. If, if I have to continue this over in the next, uh, next break, after the break, I will. I want to share, share uh, something that happened to a member of our congregation. His name is James. He's now with the Lord. Uh, he had kidney issues. He was on dialysis. Uh, in the years that he was with us, he had sores on his feet to the point where the doctors told him that they were going to have to amputate. He asked us to pray for him. We, they took him in. They took him into surgery, and the doctor says, why are we amputating these feet? They have... They now have circulation. This was the doctor that told <laughs> that decided they needed to be amputated, <laughs> and uh, and so all of a sudden he says, "We don't have to amputate. He's got circulation back. It's, it's a miracle." Doctor's words, the surgeon's words, no one else's. It's a miracle. Uh, he came back and shared that miracle. Uh, that happened again. The, and then again, they didn't amputate. He was taken off the the. Uh, kidney transplant list because his heart couldn't take it. His heart was below a certain percentage. Doctor says, where your heart is, it'll never get better, so we can't put you on the transplant. We prayed for him. And uh, and a lot of people prayed for him. And guess what? His heart all of a sudden, to the doctor's shock, was to the point he says, we can put you now back on the transplant list. 
And just after COVID started, um, he was taken into the hospital and I had to counsel with him over the phone because they said he was not uh, critical, so he couldn't have pastoral care come in. So we'd talk on the phone and pray, and they discovered he had esophageal cancer stage four. And um, the Lord took him home uh, with this cancer. And members of my congregation said, why would God do all these great miracles for him just to take him home? My answer was, first of all, he's with the Lord. This is a celebration. Second of all, the miracles weren't for James. The miracles were for you, for you to witness what he has done. So on that note, we'll come back after these breaks and we will continue our discussion with these fine pastors. And now, more with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. On Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but once again, I am Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team defeated the Ball State Cardinals 84-65 this past Wednesday. Wolverines small forward Isaiah Livers led all scorers with 21 points on eight successful shots out of 11 attempts. Livers received a lot of support from Franz Wagner, Hunter Dickinson, and Mike Smith. Wagner added 14 points and made four field goals and five free throws to go along with six rebounds. Dickinson recorded 12 points after knocking down five shots, and he used his huge 7-foot, 1-inch frame to snag 11 rebounds. Smith rounded out Michigan's double-figure scorers by tallying 10 points on five successful shots out of eight attempts. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. And thank you for joining us. I see that my other co-host has come back from the rapture, Phil Stargell. How are you doing, Phil? He can't hear us. Phil, your, your, your microphone's off. Well, until Phil gets his stuff straightened out, he is with us, folks. He's just uh, he's playing Marcel, Marcel's greatest hits. I am joined today by a, a, a roundtable of fantastic fantastic brothers in Christ, uh, shepherds of the Lord's church. And uh, I am humbled, humbled by the, the, the strength of faith around me. And gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us. During the break, we were talking, and Ed brought up a point. And I'll let anyone who wants to chime in, uh, just raise your hand, we'll, we'll call on you. Um, Ed was talking about if things are not overturned, if this election, if this election isn't found that President Trump is the rightful winner and that he should be in office. Uh, Ed mentioned he might be a little discouraged. I took the stance of no matter who God puts into office, in the end, God places who he will into office, even the most basic men that we're told in the Bible. Uh, God's will will prevail, and God's will is perfect, and God's will has only got good in mind for his people. So I tend not to worry so much about things like that as much as others do. I've had a lot of uh, believers who were really discouraged in their faith uh, as the election looked more and more like Biden. I have complete confidence that God is in control. How about you, gentlemen? Anyone want to comment? <laughs> Jeff, uh, Pastor Jeff. 
Yeah, well, you know, certainly Romans 8.28 has to come to mind, you know. For all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So sometimes, you know, again, it's the same thing, you know, it's kind of like going to a funeral, you know. You 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 have to uh, exempt, you know, certainly exalt the fact that there that there is an eternal throne that that stands and that and our demand on relationship doesn't change no matter our circumstance and i so i fall in love with that song you know the god of the the mountain still god of the valley you know and we mm-hmm. so so i don't think that you know the devil controls circumstances but god controls lives and we've got to focus on the fact of living and uh, you know, c- celebrating our life and, and focusing on what we can, we can still do. And we know we read the back of the book. We win. Uh, but again, uh, I don't know how much of perilous times we're going to have to go through, you know, before the Lord sets up his kingdom. But through all that does not say shut yourself in, lock yourself in, forget about life. And, and hopefully they don't come knocking on your door. Um, so, we have to we have to be bold in our faith, and we have to be um, uh, we have to we are the light that's going to shine. And 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 as things get darker, light should get brighter, and that's our call and our demand. Amen. I I think that we should realize that, um, and I think one of the passages mentioned this, and I I, should, I, I won't uh, talking about Reagan and Carter and all that. I think you should mention that. I think that's a great. Yep. Uh, encouragement there. But I think we should remember that uh, a lot of times God is not trying to solve our problems, but he is trying to glorify himself through our actions. Yeah. And I always look at the people of the children of Jericho, I mean, the, the time of Jericho and the children of Israel. I mean, they march around the, uh, the, the, the walls 13 times, by the way, if you count it, it's not seven, it's 13. Uh, they walk, march around around 13 times. Uh, they could have just sat down and said, well, what are we going to do? We'll just wait around here. But God said, no, you marked. And I calculated it once. Uh, on the seventh day, they had to march seven times. And if you calculate the area of Jericho, that's a two. Uh, and I actually calculated the area and the length. And that's a two-mile circumference. So they walked 14 miles that day. And then they had to storm the city when it fell down. Uh, so God is saying, look, I am developing something with you. I am creating something in you. I'm preparing you to use you. I'm not just going to hand it over. So I think a lot of this is, look, Americans, we need to get involved in this electoral process. We need to be involved with suing the county for that. We need to be, uh, you know, we need to be watching. We need to be observers at the polls. This is part of our DNA. It has to be part of the church's DNA. Uh, it is not something that we should just sit around idly. And I think God is trying to teach us some of that. Good, good words, Neil. Amen. Great words. Anyone else? Pastor Jeff. Uh, yeah, I was, just, I was just, during this whole time, I've been thinking about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, you know, and, and when they were being forced to bow down. And uh, they basically come back and say, look, King, we, we don't really have to give you an answer on any of this. Uh, we've already settled this in our heart. We know that God has the power to deliver us from the fiery furnace. We know he has the power to, to, to deliver us from you. Nevertheless, uh, if, uh, if, if he doesn't, we still will not bow down. 
and uh, and be uh, and, and and fall before you. And so I think that's just a powerful thing to remind us of that as things get crazy and they're going to get crazier. We just know that we've read Matthew 24. We understand uh, the birth pains and the things that we're experiencing. But nevertheless, I settled in my heart many, many years ago that uh, I will not bow down. Uh, I don't think there's any question that those of us who are pastors have settled in our heart that we will go to jail one day. We will try to be silenced. We will try to be fined. We will try to be uh, put in all kinds of difficult situations. But nevertheless, if God chooses not to bring us through that, I still will not bow down. I will not give credibility to those who think they have authority and can can ramrod their will over the will of God in my life. And so I encourage everybody, settle that now. I used to, as a, as a youth pastor, I used to tell young people, you don't decide whether you're going to be promiscuous when you're in the back of the seat of the car. You decide that today because when you get in the back seat, uh, you've already made that decision. So I, I just encourage people to make that decision now that you will not bow down. You will not crumble under the foolishness that's going on right now because we serve a risen Savior and he's in the world today. Amen. 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 Praise God. Pastor Matthew, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, which one? Me? You. <laughs> All yes. right, very well. Yeah, I would. You know, I, I would answer your question uh, that kicked off this uh, sub-discussion here with the confession that I do trust God fully no matter what happens, and I want to encourage your listeners to do the same. I mean, uh, who else are you going to trust? Uh, you know, and in a sense, it doesn't really matter, you know, who wins the election or uh, who's the next governor of the state of Michigan because God has given us our orders, and we, like good soldiers, need to follow those orders, not to get, you know, entangled in the affairs of this life. So yes, we have to be involved and be good citizens, and that's the political side of it. But you know, we we also have things like gathering for worship that uh, we have to exercise these freedoms lest they become atrophied, as I like to say. And right. you know, we uh, I tell our folks and people who have asked me, what are you going to do about these orders? Well, in Michigan, at least, I'm thankful that you know the the exemptions have been made for uh, religious worship, but. And the bottom line is we have never asked the government for a permission slip right. to worship. Right. And we're not right. about to start asking for a permission slip now as if we're, you know, asking, uh, you know, for our, our kindergarten teacher to let us go to the bathroom or something. I mean, we just live and we worship. And if, if the government commands us to do uh, other than that, we just we're going to have to, uh, you know, we're just going to have to stand up on our on our hind legs, as it were, and, and uh and do what we know we're supposed to do. We're, we're called to worship God. And in March and April, the earth was kind of, you know, a little quieter with regard to corporate worship. But in May, we started worshiping again. And I know a lot of you guys did. And that's what we're called to do, to worship right. our God, because he is worthy of that worship all the time, no matter who's president or who's governor. Amen. 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 You know, Amen. I just, Ed, real quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak on this, then I'll let Ed, Ed you got a point you want to bring in. Um, I'm going to tell this like I always, I like telling stories. It's just who I am. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to Israel a few years ago 
and we were on one of these big boats that go on the Sea of Galilee. And we were out in the middle of Sea of Sea of Galilee. And believe it or not, it was just wonderfully done and wonderfully timed. There were a bunch of uh, uh, sisters from the church, uh, uh, nuns um, uh, on board, and a storm kicked up. Hmm. And it was a it was a doozy. Matter of fact, the 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 boat the boat captain said, you know, we got to figure out how we're going to get this boat in and and make sure everyone makes it in safe. It was a pretty good storm, and, and these these women were crying and holding each other, and they were in fear. And uh, the the captain came over, Jewish gentleman came over and says, can one of you can one of you uh, here pray to calm them down? And I opened. <laughs> I opened my, well, I took my uh, iPhone out and I went to my Logos account and I took it to Luke 8 and gave him the account in Luke 8. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, master, master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? And that actually, the woman looked at, the, they looked at each other and go, yeah, right, where's our faith? They actually calmed down a little bit. We got, both got in okay. That's where I see this nation at. We're going through a storm right now, but you know what? God's in control. He can calm the waters when we need it. Mm-hmm. And we just have to have faith. Calm our hearts. Yep. So go ahead, Ed. Ed, your 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 mic is muted. I normally like that, but <laughs> okay. So next weekend, next Saturday, uh, speaking of Jericho, speaking of uh, marching, uh, is the Jericho March, and there's going to be one in D.C. But if you can't go to D.C., join one in Lansing. So. Uh, you know, it's a uh, uh, check out jerichomarch.org for more details. Okay. So um, you, can still listen, you can still listen to these shows on your on your uh, Android or uh, Apple phone while you're marching. All right. So now this, if we have time and I, I just raise your hand uh, if you want to give an answer to this. Uh, it was alluded to before um, governor's kind of put restrictions on people gathering during the holidays, how many family members and everything else over. We as Christians are told to follow the ordinances of the land, the law of the land, so to speak. Uh, I have my own view and I'll give it to to my listeners if I have time, but uh, should we restrict ourselves to the point of our family gatherings and getting together as the governor has ordered? Are, Are you changing? Should we change our normal holiday plans, our normal Christmas plans that we normally do with family uh, by following the governor's order? Is that the Christian thing to do or is uh, coming together and keeping keeping our worship and our family and everything else together? Is that what we should do? Anyone want to comment on this? Go ahead, Pastor Jeff Noble. Um, I, you know, again, I, the, the government uh, to try to ride herd on us in our own homes is beyond comprehension to me. Uh, now, should you use good sense? Absolutely. My wife is immune compromised. Uh, many of you guys know her situation. And, uh, but we've decided as a family that uh, we would rather get together and enjoy those holidays. 
than to uh, than to say, well, we're just going to stay in our little cocoons and uh, maybe not have next year together. Uh, so we want to celebrate this holiday season, this Christmas season, and uh, you know, bless uh, the governor's little heart there. Uh, she just doesn't have any right to try to tell us or uh, or mandate to us in our homes what we do and what we think is uh, is acceptable. So uh, pray for, her, uh, but uh, but I'm going to ignore her when it comes to getting together with family this holiday season. All right. Any of the other pastors? Uh, Pastor Neil. Well, I think what we should remember is that uh, there's a lot more going on here. And I'm also talking about just the church itself, not just gathering, but the church gathering together. Um, if you look at the statistics uh, since we've had all the shutdowns, calls to suicide hotlines in Los Angeles have increased by 8,000%. 25% of young adults have seriously considered suicide in the past month. At a church in Colorado, a pastor had about, about 100 kids in their high school group, and every eyes bowed, everybody praying. He said, how many of you have considered suicide in the last week? And 27 of his 100 raised their hands. Oh, right, right. Uh, there's a 20% increase in substance abuse. Uh, active duty military suicides are up 20%. Army suicides are up 30%. Domestic Violence reporting has gone down, but domestic violence injuries have gone up almost 200%. There's a 20% increase in substance abuse. Uh, and a, Sorry, I said that. And there's a 41% increase in heavy alcohol use by women. Now, if you look at all this, what are we supposed to do as the church? You can't see these things from a Zoom call. You can't see these things unless you're face-to-face. -face. You can't even see these things with a mask and six feet away. You can't talk to someone and say, how are you doing? Uh, what's going on in your life? Are you okay? You can't do all this for a Zoom call because they're not, they're going to put the perfect face on, right? He's going to have the perfect background on. And so we as the church have to be there. We as families have to be there for all the family members. December at Christmas is one of the most depressing times of the year for people. And if you're not there with family to touch, we are designed to be touched, to be hugged, to be held on to. And right. remember all this. If we are not there as a church and the government says you shall not do this, remember, Jesus' politicians were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were the ones who made the law of the land. It was not Rome. Rome didn't do it. It was the, the legislators and the judges were the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the Sanhedrin. And they said, you shall not heal on the Sabbath. And what did Jesus do? He healed on the Sabbath. And he just healed Amen. a man of a withering hand. And we're talking about people dying. How much more yeah. should we be there? How much more we should say, no, I don't care what your laws are. Our laws are we reach out to the dying and minister to the sick. Okay. Any any of the... Uh, uh, Pastor Jones, did you have something I, you wanted to add? I was just going to tell everybody that uh, we've now decided just uh, we go to the sushi aisle at Walmart because it's okay there to gather, eat. And um, as long as you're inside Walmart or Kroger or Myers. Yeah. You know, so you know, hey, that's a, we're just we're just all going to flood all the uh, you know the, all the stores with the largest China impro, imports, so that we can go ahead and have our holidays there. And sure. my facetious right. point of view. <laughs> all right. Any any other the other pastors want to? Yeah, Pastor Matthew. Yeah, I was go just going to add to what Neil was saying that it's also the case that uh, childhood malnutrition and poverty are way up across the globe this year. 
And it's a real deep concern as to the point of, 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 of us helping people out there in those kind of situations. I would also encourage our listeners today. I know there's probably a number of you that are not going to church anywhere. You need to get to a church so that you can be connected to a body of believers. They can help you. You can help them serve one another, help if there is a poverty need, if there's need for food, if there's need for a job, something like that. Those things can be handled. But even more than that, to get God's word and become biblically literate and to, to be, uh, you know, to be able to live a righteous life for God in this society. So church has got to go to people. We invite people also to come to the church so they can hear these truths proclaimed Amen. from the word. Amen. Here, here's my view on this, is we are told in the book of Romans that God gives the government the sword to wield. Um, and that we are to obey the law of the land. In this country, folks, the government is the people, and we have elections to decide who will wield that sword for us, but the government is still the people. And the law of the land is the Constitution. In the state of Michigan, is the uh, Constitution of Michigan, and the federal government is the Constitution of the United States. For someone who we ask to wield that sword for us, if they violate the law, they're going against the law of the land. They are, not us. So if the governor is going outside of the Constitution, whether it be of the state or the federal government, which is the key law, she is the one violating the law. And asking us not to assemble in our house is, is not within the purview of the Constitution. Therefore, she is wrong and she is in violation. So yes, we can gather together as Christians without violating the laws because we're not the ones violating in the laws. It's a, it's a woman in Lansing who has tried to abuse the power of the law and she is actually the one who's not obeying the law of the land. We are. That's how I look at it. Amen. If any of you want to disagree with that, let me know. <laughs> uh, that's to the listeners, because I see the pastor saying, no, nah, we don't disagree with that. Nope. <laughs> but, Rick, uh, I think that, Pastor uh, Matt yes. LaFave had something for you. Oh, is he? Is Matt LaFave there? I am. I, I'm sorry, Matt. I can't see you. You got shuffled, and you're actually off my screen. And for that, I do apologize. No, you're absolutely fine because they've they've all said everything I was going to say anyway. So it doesn't. But you know, I I agree with uh, I, I believe it's Pastor Postiff probably saying his name wrong. Uh, Brother Noble said some great great things too about you know us gathering together in our homes. Oh my word! You know, I think we've gone you know obviously a step too far. Even going off with what you just said, Rick, and that is. is the governor has no legal right to make those laws. I mean, we, we understand that, but we need to be gathering together. But thinking about what uh, Pastor Postiff said, and that is, is, is we got so many churches not having services and people not going mm-hmm. to church. We know the numbers we just heard from Neil of the rise of alcoholism and drugs. I heard a commercial or a, um, a news article yesterday, and I'm probably going to get, I don't get the facts and figures all right, but it was an article about the legalization of marijuana and all that. And they said that through this sort of COVID and lockdowns, that marijuana is more needed. The usage <laughs> is up because people are just so stressed out. And I'm thinking now we're, we're, we're peddling marijuana as, yeah. as you know, how to cope with it. And I think that, um, you know, the preacher said it when he said we need to be in church and we need to be gathering where we hear the, you know, the, the Bible being preached. 
And so I want to encourage the listeners, hey, if your church isn't having church, an internet church may have its time. Um, they've done the studies that said 40, 40 to 60 percent of the people tune their tune, turn it off. They don't even listen yeah. to their pastor. And so go to one of these churches and, and hear the Bible being preached and gather I want with to thank you that some like-minded believers. We're coming to the end of the show, and and Phil, I you're, you're still muted, so I can't say hello to you. Your mic's still muted, uh, folks. Uh, pastors, just to let you know, every every February or March, I do a main show uh, involving involving discussing how to deal with suicides. I mean, suicide in this nation among our youth are just skyrocketing. They're getting worse this year. I'm going to I'm going to invite you back right now. We'll make sure you get the invite for the day and time and everything else to come back in. I would like to have a roundtable with with all of you discussing the the suicide rate in this country and the spiritual the spiritual state of this country that's causing it. So you will all be invited for that. And thank you. I want to thank each and every one of you for participating today. Uh, you've thank been you. wonderful guests. I'm glad I'm glad I uh, was willing to change what I was going to do because I think what was said today is much more important than anything that uh, I could say on my own. So you have all been a blessing to me very much. I think I'm getting signed. Music has started. Folks, you have a blessed day. I love each and every one of you. And hey, keep praying this nation will have a moment of clarity. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600. With your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week, right here on Wham Radio.